0: Welcome to Outside Inside Radio. I'm Kathy Foley-Meyer, your host, and I'm really happy to be able to share this time today with Dominique Perkins, Ilka Perkins, and Regina Merceron of the People's Pottery Project. Dominique and Ilka are the co-founders of People's Pottery Project. Dominique is also a ceramist or ceramicist, and Regina is a participant in the People's Pottery Project program. Welcome, ladies. So excited to have you all here. Hi, thank you.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's been trying to get you guys on the show for a while, so I'm very happy. I actually became familiar with the project through another artist, but I'm interested in your journey. Can you each describe how you came to be involved?
1: So, I came to be involved because I was a lifer in prison. And when you go to board, you need a letter of job offer. And, uh, you know, you really don't get those in prison, especially if you've been down for a long time.
0: Right. And this is Ilka speaking, by the way.
1: (laughs) And so, what happened through the California Coalition of Women Prisoners? What they did is they reached out and there was an artist, her name was Molly Larkey, and she afforded me a letter of job offer. Upon release, there was no time limit to it. It was contingent upon release. And I started welding for her as her artist assistant. And one day she was like, hey, how would you guys like to try ceramics? You know, I do ceramics here every Sunday. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not into ceramics. And she was like, well, I'll pay you $15 an hour for you to just to show up and learn ceramics. And I was like, oh, you'll pay me to go? I'll go. Let's go to ceramics. She's going to pay me an hour to learn how to make ceramics and Dominic is like okay let's go and so we started doing ceramics that day and it was a very therapeutic thing for us you know first you get this ball of clay in your hand and you're like what is this you're mashing it but right. then when you actually continuously put your fingers in it and And build something and make something like first thing we made was a bowl just to see how it came out of nothing to becoming such a beautiful product you know as long as you just like put love into it and really like got into it kind of resonated with us because it's kind of how like our lives are it's like we're a big mess of a big ball of clay but if we tend to ourselves and we put forth energy that's positive accepting and inviting to others as positive outlet it's like it becomes something really beautiful and in that space at that moment we had a moment where it didn't matter what our background was it was kind of like a communal healing spot where we can all talk about different I mean there wasn't nothing that we couldn't talk about that anybody got offended with you know it was like Right, In a space where everybody was accepting and wanting to tell their stories and wanting to speak out, you know, and it was an amazing feeling, especially because we had somebody who was of what we consider a regular person, you know, they're of the community, and they were so accepting of us and so kind and the way they were teaching us and they had, there was laughter in the air. It was just, it was a really nice moment, you know?
0: Yeah, there's something about letting yourself be seen by others and sharing in that way. And you have that reciprocal, I'm seeing you, but I'm also being seen by you. And that's really powerful. So just out of curiosity, was welding something that you learned inside?
1: Yeah. So I ended up working as a maintenance mechanic and I used to weld gates at CIW. It's messed up because nobody wants to be gated in, but I used to love welding the gates. Right. Right. Welding was like my go away. Like therapy. Yeah, I was in a different world. And so for me to be able to do something that I found really positive in prison and come out and do the welding itself, it was it was an amazing feeling, you know?
0: Do you now use welding to make art at all?
1: No. <laughs> well, you did. Molly. Yeah. Weld her work.
0: Yeah, I've seen Molly's work. She has these really kind of thin sort of metal sculptures that are...
1: Yeah, I used to weld
0: yeah molly was the artist that introduced me obviously to ppp because we worked on another project together but yeah Yeah. i was just curious if if you felt an urge to be creative with that skill as well
1: i mean don't get me wrong my dream and dominique supports my dream fully i just haven't came into like i would like to one day mesh metal Mm -hmm. water fixtures so i would like to make centerpieces With metal but also having like a functioning water feature right because while I was in prison I also took landscaping and I really enjoyed making waterfront fixtures so I was allowed to make the first ever pond at Valley State Prison that was approved by the warden and that was just once I started playing with the water and making these ponds and then now that I'm into metal like I would love to infuse that and also put ceramics in it, you know, somehow like build something that has water and metal, but yet possesses a piece of ceramic on it.
0: I know exactly what you mean. And probably one day, that's how they kind of have exciting about the creative process. You'll, it'll all come together. You'll be somewhere, those elements will be around. It's like a light bulb. It'd be like, oh my God, I can use all this stuff and make this thing and it'll be really cool. So thanks for sharing. Elka. Dominique what about you just as she
2: explained she asked me if I would be interested in coming down to the studio and making ceramics like I did this when I was a kid you know let's just see what it's like and I'm getting paid so how can I deny the opportunity so I went down there and you know just as she described it I loved it I loved the people there the artists they didn't pay attention that we were formerly incarcerated they just loved how we just indulged in the art it was healthy um, it was accepting and I enjoyed it and I still enjoy it to
1: today
0: how long did it take you to get used to using the potter's wheel which is something I've tried but never been proficient at (laughs)
1: She did it like in two months. She was a master potter. Master um, potter. She could throw pots. She could throw anything. It don't matter. Like whatever it is, you put a piece. I mean, she's thrown 20 pounds of clay, like nothing. Man, if you see her, you got to come down to our studio one day. I would love to.
2: With yes. help from a professor named Tony Marsh. He guided me through it. I'm pretty sure he can guide anyone through it because
1: he's no, a professor. No, because he's tried to guide me and I can't. It's a particular talent. Some
0: people definitely have. My mother still has the very sad mug I made for her in, like, third grade.
1: <laughs> Yay. She said <laughs> <word>. <laughs>
0: And Regina, what about you? You want to talk a little bit about your journey to the project?
3: Well, I, too, was a lifer. I did 24 and a half years. And um, because I did so much time, I, I had no background. You know, you do a credit check. Well, who is this? You try to do that. Who is this? And you have difficulty getting credentials. Right. The motor vehicle wants a social security card. The social security place wants ID. So I was panicking because of my financial situation. And a friend told me, what, you want to go do pottery? You can get paid. And I was like, I don't know how to do pottery. Long story short, she sends me to them. I meet them. When I first started, I was so concerned with doing everything right that it worked against me. And as I calmed down and got a little more acquainted with my environment, I was able to relax. Um, They showed me how to make bowls. They gave me a tour of the place. And, you know, as time went on, and this is like the first day I relaxed more and more and more. And I was able to make the bowls. And then Dominique comes in and starts playing with the wheel. And I was like, wow. So I got caught up watching her because she took a glob of clay and The wheel started spinning. I don't even know what she did with her hands. But in less than two minutes, it started taking shape. So I was like, ooh, I want to do that. At at 2,000 questions over there, I eventually went back to making my bows. And the atmosphere was so relaxed, so forgiving. I didn't have to watch what I said, how I said it, because everybody there could appreciate my situation. They came from the same. Well, I established a friendship with everybody there quickly. And so I've been going back. I love it. I wholeheartedly support them. Yeah. And they support you. They do.
0: It's a mutual thing. That's the powerful thing about art is that it can just let you just be. And and it's not about getting something right necessarily.
3: So you get into the clay. You don't think. Right. You know about all this ambient stuff, for the lack of a better word. You just get into it and you think about the shape and what you want to do and how to do etc and all that other craziness isn't creeping into your mind. So if no more than a few hours you're at tranquility playing with your clay. You know so yeah, that was pretty therapeutic on top of prosperous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little prosperity. So so I want to talk a little bit about The pottery actually, because it has like an elegant simplicity to it that reminds me of the Japanese quality of wabi sabi. You know, there is a strength to it, but also a fragility and imperfection. And with wabi sabi, the the saying is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. And it sounds a little bit like a life process. You know, there are so many things that go into making a meaningful life. And sometimes if we strive for perfection, And getting it right, we miss the beauty of all of those elements along our quest. So do you feel like that's true with your pottery practice as well?
3: Well, I started off like that. Remember I said I was trying so hard to get it all that it it actually worked against me. I was all tense. And and as I got into it, I was able to relax. And it really worked in my favor all the way around.
0: Yeah. And Dominique and Elke, can you talk a little bit about your creative practice, you know, where you get your inspiration from? Maybe it's from artists that have inspired you in addition to Molly, or how do you go about getting in that zone where you're creating stuff?
2: Well, for me, art is a community that doesn't hold biases or judgment. So... My experience with it, as I continually watch different artists like Tony Marsh, who sat there and, and, you know, engaged with us, Alex Miller, there's so many artists, and Suhoi, just different artists from all over who've taught us that imperfections is actually perfect. It doesn't matter what the next artist is creating, or it doesn't matter if you feel as if you're doing something right or wrong, it's always right. Because it's your own experience, your own journey, your own art. And your art is what describes you as an individual. Because you can be going through a happy moment, or you can be going through a sad moment, or you can just be going through a neutral moment. And whatever you display within your art is your mood or your moment or whatever it may be. And it's all good. Nothing bad comes from it. So, my experience with the different artists and, you know, with my own art has always been a positive, it hasn't been a negative. Yeah, you have people who go through their ups and downs. They have their good days, their bad days. But at the end of the day, it's always a success for me. It's an accomplishment because I created something that I
0: enjoyed. And that's really powerful. Ilke, can you talk a little bit about your creative process?
1: So my creative process, a lot of stuff that I kind of work through, I guess more of my creative side comes from when I'm feeling at a moment of not being overwhelmed, feeling peaceful. So a lot of times when the participants come in and they speak about like, How we've helped change their lives or how they love people's party project and what they do here. Those are the bits and pieces that keep me doing what I'm doing or keep me wanting to continue doing what we do because we always think we don't do enough. We always feel like we could do more or we could do better. Yeah. But for that one second, when somebody says, you're doing a great job, and this is what People's Pottery has done for us. It's amazing coming from prison to be able to navigate and help people navigate through reentry. So when we see a success, that's the moment where me and Dominique can actually sit back and be like, we're really doing something. But in the midst of trying to make the business go on and do this and right. do that, I get lost in the sauce. I'm like, a lot of times we don't think we're doing enough. We don't feel like we're good enough. We feel like there, there may be times where we're going to fail, you know? But it's those moments when people will be like, man, you helped us. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It really brings you to the present. It makes you appreciate just being present. Because I think a lot of times we're focused totally on The future, I've got to do this so I can get here. I've got to do this so I can move there. So, yeah. And I wanted to talk to you also about PPP's mission because it's really specific as it relates to gender and empowering women and trans and non-binary individuals. So in this time right now, when there's so much pushback against, you know, the ability of human beings to live in their truths when it comes to gender, how does PPP create a safe space for people just to be themselves? And how does it empower trans and non-binary individuals?
1: Well, the reason why we chose that group of individuals in the first place is because 90% of the funding that's allocated towards re-entry is geared towards men. So for the women, the non-binary, and the trans community, we don't have much. And that is the reason why we tried to create a space for them. Because what kind of success can you actually have without support, right. without a job? without just having a communal space where if you do have mental health issues for the day, there's ways where you can transcend that through creating arts. It's a very healing process. And we do not turn away men, but we do give more special attention towards the community that we're geared towards right. because they do have it a lot harder. If I was to go or a trans or a non-binary was to go to apply to a same job, say at Amazon with the same background, we will more or less likely not get picked. For one, like we have strikes against us. One, I'm a woman, or one, I'm a non-binary, or whatever it is, like we automatically have that strike. So, of course, the men would get the job first. And also, beings that we serve that community, the majority of our support comes from a lot of artists who are lgbtqi friendly or a lot of the artists that we are actually surrounded with or even Companies they are so LGBTQI friendly and they have no biases and they're so supportive that it gives them a sense of hey you know what it's a human connection right a world that we've been so restricted from so for a community to support them regardless of their gender regardless of their religion regardless of anything and wholly support them having a stranger support you is a much more freeing feeling. Then to have your family support you, you expect your family to support you right. and they don't, and
0: sometimes they don't,
1: <laughs> they yeah. don't, but to have a, a complete stranger embrace you and not just embrace you, but walk you through your hard times or your hard moments, or give you inspiration and encouragement through those moments where you want to give up. It's just a feeling that you can't get anywhere else. And when you get it, you never want to let go of it. Exactly. That is why we believe that our participants are so successful after People's Pottery because they have found healing through community. They have found healing through support of people that don't know them from a can of paint. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you're making your own families through human connections. I mean, there's the family you're born into, and then I think for a lot of individuals that aren't all on the straight line, there's the family that you make. And, you know, either one can be powerful, but being defined by the family that you make is such a protected way to go through life. You know, the work that you're doing has a value that doesn't come from your cash register. Not that you're not successful in that way as well, because you are, but putting that spirit out there and helping people to feel protected as they walk through life is incredibly powerful, which is why I think the pushback is also powerful. There's a, there's a pushback that says that being trans or non-binary is not actually a thing. Like it doesn't actually exist. I had a friend who was trans have that experience and there are human beings that exist all across the spectrum. It's not a straight line. It's a, it literally is like a curving rainbow universe spectrum of, of humanity. And Having it acknowledged all along that spectrum is really important. And, you know, so the work you do is so valuable, especially now when we're in this fractured kind of a point in history. So our program is broadcast inside, and we always ask our artists what your advice would be for someone who thinks that they have some creative spirit in them, but isn't really sure how to bring it out while they're inside prison.
2: I can talk from my experience. Okay, you know, um, I've been denied a lot of things. I've been told that I was dumb. I've been told that I was ugly. I've been told that my work wouldn't amount to anything. That was from an unhealed person, right? They probably didn't even love themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, um, everything, to, anything positive is beautiful to me. If you're inspired by something, and you want somebody, someone else to. You know, witness or see your inspiration. I think you should do it wholeheartedly because you never know. That inspiration or that act of wanting to create something might be your ticket to, or it might open the door for something beautiful. Taking a risk on yourself might be the best outlet to open the door to success because right. I wouldn't have never thought that my artwork would be in museums where people loved and embraced it and accepted me for who I am and what I created. I would have never thought that in a hundred years from all the negative talk that people would tell me from family or people I believe was close friends because I've been through a lot of trauma. Right. And I would have never thought the best outlet for me was to channel it through art and express how I truly felt through this piece of art, whether it's a painting or whether it's a piece of clay. And by me expressing it this way, someone else can see my vision or they can enjoy what I just displayed right here on this in this piece of clay. I believe that a person on the inside should never misjudge who they really are or never second guess who they are for the sake of someone else. Always become who you always want it to be and don't hide it. Don't shade it. Don't don't not discover who you are, or be the best person, or be your be the best person you could be to become your higher self, because your higher self are the best. How can I explain it? I think you explained it beautifully, actually. Thank you. We're in a community full of misfits that are denied of something, whether it was the denial to not work in a certain field because you're a woman, or because you're trans, or because you just look different, but in the art community, it's like, who cares what you are? You're accepted. You're one of us. We're misfits. We all get along. We all share the same thing, which is we're denied of something. Right. But we're going to take that denial of negative, whatever it is, and turn it into something beautiful to create a better projection of ourselves.
0: Exactly. I'm going to create something beautiful because I am beautiful. That's a powerful empowering notion and while you were speaking i was wondering so i know you work in clay but are there other mediums that you are exploring or are working in right now
2: elka and i went to the Bray foundation and we just explored china paint you know right um i wish we can find another name for it but it's a it was beautiful um working with these different elements and creating you know, something so beautiful. And I didn't know that you can do that with just simple house material, like simple appliances or simple. You can uh, create some beautiful color out of antifreeze, alcohol, right, uh, peroxide, whatever it is, a, me- a medium, and it can create something beautiful. So we've been exploring with that. So we're kind of considering working with tile moving towards Getting the participants to start working with tile, so maybe we can start making bathroom sets,
1: or we can we called? It's called a subway. Uh, it? Yeah, yeah, subway tile, you know. Yeah. So what we've noticed and what we've learned through that whole experience at the Bray is, like people like bat, bash, backboard, back splash, backsplash, yeah. black splash. So a lot of times they'll make it out of tile because tile you can always wipe off, mm-hmm. right. You know, but if you just have your regular wall, then you get the stains and then you have to repaint because the paint fades. And so when the guy was teaching us, his name is Paul Lewing. Mm -hmm. He actually made these backsplashes that I swear, like they're so unreal. Mm -hmm. But these only went in million dollar homes. Yeah. To piggyback on what Dominique was talking about, like Mm -hmm. the misfits, the weirdos, you know? But I have to laugh because it's true. You know, like we are the misfits. We're the weirdos. We're the people that weren't society's norm. But if you look at everything that is being bought by society's norm. It's made by weirdos. (laughs) Made by weirdos. It's made by misfits. Exactly. I believe they stereotype just like that because they saw something different and they saw something innocent they wish they had exactly. instead of being able to be like hey how do you do that or how did you get that instead of like oh condemn you do this do that do this do that but really it's all the fear that they can't get what we have so if society deemed us like that it's because they were scared of something that we possess that they've never seen that they've never been able to tangibly take.
0: Yeah, and the thing that they're scared of is the belief in the beauty of yourself and the ability to live your true self. Because most people, even those people that are acceptable, don't necessarily live their truths. Because no, you know, we're really raised to be captive to certain ideas about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And you know, once you buy into that, you lose a little bit of yourself. And the weirdos and the people that don't fit in who live their truth and create something out of that truth. That's a really powerful and beautiful thing. Yeah. And so if you're in a position to sort of purchase that and say, okay, I'm going to put this up on my wall. It's almost like you're borrowing from the, the origin, you know, you want to have that energy. You're not able to create it for yourself, but you'll put it up in your backsplash.
1: Right. <laughs> that part.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and Regina, I wanted to ask you, because you've been through the process so recently, is there advice that you have for people on the inside who are struggling with their creativity?
3: Yeah, my advice is go for it. You know, don't be afraid to express yourself or to be you. I always tell people not to let others judge who you are or your destiny, you know? And as far as the people's pottery What people that haven't been incarcerated, what they don't know is that regardless to whether you do two years or 30, they release you with $200. People that have done a lot of time that didn't have a significant other to hold everything up, lose everything. So this is all you have. People that judge us don't realize that you have to start from scratch. And people aren't so easy to give us a chance or to give us anything. To have a job determines whether you stay out or go back because you, you have to eat. You have to have a place to stay. And and sometimes when you have no resource, what happens? You go do wrong. You mm-hmm. always have that resource and you end up right back. So the people's pottery really helps. They helped me a lot. Yeah, I think
0: your life story demonstrates that it's it's not just having a job when you get out. You have to have a community to support you and thrive in.
3: And encouragement. Right. You know, right. and the cool part about it is there's so many talented people incarcerated. So many super intelligent people are incarcerated. And I learned this from being there. You have a community That's about something, that's doing something, that wants change, that wants positive impact, positive result. Right. And if you can't lift yourself up in the midst of that, something's wrong.
0: Yeah. So maybe the question to ask people when they get out is, what do you want to do? And how can we support that? And that's the most positive thing you can do.
3: And such a big stepping stone for success outside of those walls. Right. Because without that, you go back.
0: Yeah, and it helps you have the courage to imagine your life in a different way.
3: And something to work for.
0: Exactly. Well, I want to thank all of you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for sharing your journey with me. I may actually come and take a class.
2: Come on.
0: Because my my last experience with pottery was was a long time ago. (laughs) I think I'm ready to put that traumatic... <laughs> and make something.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank
0: you. And I'm gonna come by
3: and You're better. We're, not, we're gonna hold her to that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm uh I looked up your address so I know exactly where you are. But thank you again. It's been a lovely conversation and I look forward to taking a class with you and, and to your future success with the People's Pottery Project.
2: Bring some friends. Yeah. Yes
0: okay. (laughs) You've been listening to an episode of Outside Inside Radio, brought to you by the Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. We are based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at Cal Poly Humboldt, and at three CSU campuses, San Bernardino, Fresno, and Fullerton. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Arts and Corrections, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media, as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for another episode of Outside Inside Radio.